Hi, everyone, and welcome back to What Are You Gonna Do? As I mentioned before, this is a podcast for people who are kind of new to um, the cause of wanting to, they're questioning what's happening with their liberties uh, in this country, and even not just in this country, but all over the world, but specifically for us as Americans. And you're concerned, you're maybe worried, but you're certainly uneasy about what's happening and you really don't know what to do. You don't know if you can do anything. So my dream for this podcast is to do just that. And today we are going to have somebody I'm very excited about. His name is Rob Bennett. He ran recently for assemblyman and I think is it District 11? Uh, yes, that's correct in uh, Long Island. So he's going to tell us a little bit about himself, what he's done, how he kind of got into this, because like I said, he's further along. He's been uh, in this cause mission for quite some time, and he's got a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge that he's going to share. And we're going to end with some very easy, simple action steps and um, so without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Rob. It's great to have you. Ah, thank, thank you, Patty. I'm, I'm very excited to be, to be on this show, and uh, I'm glad that you, uh, you, you were able to get started. Such a tremendously great idea of a, of a show, um, because there really is, I'd say, a, a lack of shows on this, on this particular topic, that, and it, you can't really get bigger of a topic than this. It's all around us. Every second of the day, but yet there's not really much out there, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited that you've started this, and I I really hope that um you know you you eventually can get lots of listeners, and we can start waking some people up because uh, that's mm-hmm. what's needed. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. So, just I know you and I spoke a couple of days ago, um, but you know, just let everybody know kind of um how you started to become aware and how you um if what if anything triggered um your 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 i want to say the word awakening but i'm just going to use it because i can't think of anything else you know you're starting to think this way and being becoming aware of uh some of the things that you know you have come to notice and see ah sure yes so yeah, that's 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 a great question, and like for me, I would say it's it's always been hard to exactly pinpoint exactly like you know whether there was like some some people actually do have like like this aha moment where they go oh you know that was it, but like me, I never yeah. had like a that was it type of moment. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I'll I'll take it back about about nineteen years. Um. Uh, I'll, I'll mention this. I, I, I read a book that would sort of change my life and, you know, how I, how I see everything politically. Um, but not, not fully, but I'll, I'll mention that book right here. That was George Orwell's 1984, which I read as a teenager. And I read that on my own because they, they didn't even do that in school. I, I was, I was sort of thirsty to find more about this book, which I had sort of heard like on the underground. And I read 1984, you know, it, it, it really affected my worldview. 
Um, but not fully. I was at that point, this is 2002. I was at this point still a very liberal Democrat. Um, I, I grew up in a Democratic household. I was going to college. And then, you know, over the next couple of years of my college career, I was I was a big liberal on campus. I, um, you know, I was I was always uh, up to uh, debate anyone that was conservative or Republican. And I, I identified someone as someone very left. And um, so you were always you were always interested in politics. Oh, oh, oh yeah, sure. Always. Even as a child, like mm-hmm. I, it's something it just it sort of drew me in. Like I like like I was, mm-hmm. I, was I was nerdy in the fact that like I, I was I was drawn into like it was almost like sports to me which which actually isn't really that yeah. far off it sort of is like pro wrestling but but i, I digress a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. so someone always drew me into politics and then so there i am in college i'm a, I'm a liberal democrat you know like uh and then i, I graduated college 2007 and then i would say it was around that point like 2007 2008 I guess you could say I, I I gradually started going down that down that rabbit hole. Um, like I said, it wasn't like this one aha moment, but there was just like little little things here and mm. there. I start to wake up to mm. to um, concepts concepts of of less government and, and free markets and and libertarianism, and I, I start mm. to think like, wait a minute, like like I would I would notice things that that I would see on TV or in the media, this is like 2008, 2009, even more so 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. That, right. Like that is not what they said just a short time ago. Like the story changed. Like what, what, what's, what's mm. going on here? Then all of a sudden I remember 2011, maybe, maybe this might be a little bit closer to an aha, aha moment. I remember mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Obama, um, Obama celebrating the, the bin Laden death and mm-hmm. just mm. did not smell right with that at all and mm. <laughs> and it, it sort of like just further accelerated my 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 awakening and then 2011 that same year i um i got to go to uh event that i think a lot of people might remember it was called occupy wall street and yeah I I, did, I wish I got to stay uh, you know, sleep there over over the course of several nights like some people got to do, but I, I did go for a day. And uh, let me tell you, when I went to Occupy Wall Street, it there was it was like a magic in the air. Mm. And 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 what kind of what was your motivation for going? I I had heard whispers whispers uh, from, yeah. from some friends from the net about how this this occupy event was drawing in people from mm. all sides it was drawing in it was even it was drawing libertarians it was drawing conservatives even some democrats and progressives and and like there was it was i kept i kept hearing i kept hearing that this event was basically against against the system it was this was this wasn't just like your regular run of the mill protest like this was the event that was trying to take down the this actual system that I was that I was awakening up to, and mm-hmm. you know if you're if you go to this Occupy event, you're going to be you know a part of history and maybe maybe yeah. starting starting a a mini a mini re- revolution, you know, you know right. peaceful, peaceful yeah, of course, absolutely. but 
But, um, so yeah. I, I was like, oh man, like, like I gotta go. Like, I, I yeah. you know, I growing up, I was always, I was always drawn into like late '60s, early '70s, uh, hippie culture, mm-hmm. countercultural, uh, Woodstock, mm-hmm. right. and you know, it's like, you know, changing the system, and you know, like that. That always drew me. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Occupy mm-hmm. person, and going there, I was like. I really felt like this was like the closest sort of thing you could ever get to that, to that late sixties vibe of, of structural mm-hmm. people just, people just like chill. And, and like, like no one, no one was, you know, there, there was not really a hint of, of, of violence or, or, or anger in the air. This, this was different. This isn't what you see. The, the, yeah. It was almost a, a different level of consciousness. I, I, I gotta say. Wow. Yes. That's and, amazing. Yes. And so I went to Occupy and then what what further, you know, what further I guess drew me even more down the rabbit hole, rabbit hole was that you go to I went to Occupy and by the way, like at this point this thing's spreading across the United States. There's not just Occupy Wall Street, there's Occupy Portland, there's Occupy Seattle and it's in Florida and it's, mm-hmm. it's at this point. But of course the Wall Street one was the right. first and the biggest. Um so Yeah. I'm watching the news and either they're not paying this thing any attention at all, or this is depending on what station, if they are covering this Occupy event, mm-hmm. I'm finding that they're, they're trashing it. They're, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. going out of their way to, to, to call the people there dangerous and, and they're, they're, they're going out of their way to say how filthy it is. And I'm like, wait a minute. This this is just flat out wrong. I was there. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. they're they're reporting garbage, and and mm-hmm. I was like, what what the hell is going on? And yeah, and and I realized that like yeah. there's an old saying that uh, this this goes back a few years that uh, the revolution will not be televised, and I wow. I couldn't I couldn't find that any truer that. You know, mm-hmm. if if there is a real a real revolution going on, a real, a real change of mm-hmm. thought, a real change of consciousness, they're not going to broadcast it. You know, they, like right. look, look for the red flags, and the red flags are if you see the media, if you see TV, if you see your Facebook feed promoting a protest, promoting an event, that that's not organic. Mm-hmm. There's there's something else mm-hmm. behind that, and. You're not seeing yeah. something uh, that is that is an actual revolution. It's uh, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're being manipulated. It's it's exactly. manufactured Manufa- a manufactured revolution. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really nothing more powerful than being at something which you physically were. You weren't there for five minutes. You were there for hours. Sure. You experienced one thing, and. You go home on on TV, you know it's it's just painted in such a different way. And I could see how that could really affect a person, um, right. because there's nothing like your own life experience. I don't right. care what anyone would tell you. You say no, I know because I did, you know, whatever it was, um, whether it be you know the TV, you know, your example or anything else. Um, but right. you know, um, you know. It's it's just uh, I could see how that would be a really really powerful um, experience and something that I'm sure you never forgot. 
Absolutely, yeah. It was uh, you know, it's just you know, go being there and experiencing that, and then seeing sort of how it was. Mm-hmm. It was something that you know I never forgot, and you know now now yeah. bring it back to you know what you just said, which was you know how could something that you saw that you felt that you smelt that you that you looked at how mm-hmm. could anyone say no that's that's not true you know mm-hmm. like like oh no like like you you know your eyes like you you were there like, like what you just said now mm-hmm. I'll just jump back to the the book that i mentioned 1984 that's mm. sort of the essence of 1984 in the fact that oh. you know i'm it back full circle here full circle here that, yeah that the essence of that of that particular novel of that book is that the state, the government is so, so powerful that they can get inside your head and make you see things that you didn't see and mm. things that you didn't see make you see it through their sheer, through their sheer power over the, over the human, over the, over the human collective. That's so essence of, mm. of that actual book. <laughs> wow. I'm really looking forward to reading it ever since you had had mentioned that because it is an iconic book. Um, And I I actually find it interesting that it it wasn't something that you had to read at school. Um, But that's another topic. Um, So now, so now um, let us know kind of, unless you want to spend some more time. I also want to talk about what you've done recently and you ran for assemblyman, but that's something I want to talk about, but I don't want to skip anything else that you wanted to say. Um, yeah. So really like that, that was like, you know, my, my awakening, which I would, I would, I would mm. sort of pinpoint gradually 2007, eight, nine, 2010. Mm. And then yeah. 2011, I, I, it was like off to the races. And then right. yeah. <laughs> from 2011 onwards, I've, I've yeah, exactly. Like back, my, right? my, my, my hobby is to consume as much esoteric, uh, knowledge and as as, as much uh, as much uh, conspiracy conspiratorial. Um, you know, of course, there's good stuff out there and there's bad stuff. And I, you know, yeah. I, I I think I've I've become a critical enough thinker to know you know what might be garbage and what you know what what I should right. probably right. sink my teeth into some more. You know what de- yeah. what deserves yeah. right. um, a bit more of a deeper dive and you know what what doesn't. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, just yeah, just true. enlightening myself and. And uh, further seeking out the truth, uh, and then when I when I'm able to really get a grasp on what the truth is, you know, spreading that truth and and being a general light tell a, a light worker in this world of dark, you know, that's that's become mm-hmm. sort of you know, my my passion because if you have this knowledge, you can't keep it to yourself. You have to you have to yeah. spread this yeah. knowledge uh, because we live yeah. in critical times where every Every bit of knowledge that's dropped, you know, whether it's just a little breadcrumb or there, it all mm-hmm. matters. So never think that, you know, like whether it's just something something as simple as you know, sticking up for what you believe in on a Facebook post or, or stopping someone from from, you know, furthering along some COVID lie that you meet at the supermarket. You know, it, it's it's you, you can make a difference and you should, yeah. you know make that a part of your daily life to uh, you know fight fight the big lie mm-hmm. that's what i say fight the big lie yeah well said well said that's great so now tell us how did you come to 
decide. I think you had told me you had thought about running for assembly and uh, prior, um, but what was it about this time? You know, was it the whole COVID thing that you just said, "Hey, I gotta, I gotta do something more"? Uh, yes. So, I mean, I, I for years, I've, I've always said, you know, one day I'm gonna run for public office, one day I'm gonna run for public office, uh -huh. and, and you know, uh -huh. year after year, sort of passes. You know, you get busy with life. You know, yeah. like yeah. you know, thing, yeah, things yeah, happen, yeah. and. You know, I wanted to run years ago, and you know now now I'm in my mid thirties. I'm I'm like all right, I'm, I'm, I'm you know I, I should do this. <laughs> so um, yeah. certainly, certainly, COVID, um, I would say was was a major major reason why I said you know what like I need to I need a bigger platform. I need to I need to make a difference. I need to do something. So. I, you know, at this point it's, it's May, June, and it, I had already missed um, the deadlines to really make it on any party ballot. So that, um, that includes the Republican, that includes like uh, the conservative line, libertarian line, independence line. They, they were all, um, they were all closed up by, mm -hmm. by late April. So at this point, as we're hitting June, uh, the only, way for me to run for office is a long shot method but it is a, it is a way you can run is uh as a yeah. write-in candidate which um <laughs> you know not a lot of people know know what a writing is but yes mm -hmm. it is a way you can actually run for office. so i said you know what i'm doing this uh i said you know mm -hmm. the best at the, at, at the very best of course it's close to impossible but I, I don't really believe in the impossible but i said at best i win you know i get an office and i get a you know a job you know making eighty thousand dollars a year and uh and uh you know i get to you know represent the people and you know shake up the freaking system and uh you know it would probably be a national story if everyone is a writing candidate <laughs> and i said guess what at worst i lose and what I get to do is I, I, I still get a platform. I could still make a little bit of noise. Uh, you know, I, I most more importantly, you know, I, I use it almost as a dry run, a test run or for the next time when I could eventually get yeah. on the ballot. And, you know, as I'm doing this writing campaign, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running, I'm learning the ins and outs of, you know, how to run a campaign and how to run a social media campaign platform and do Facebook live videos and learn about the campaign filing deadlines and all the little nuances like that. And, you know, so I'm, I'm learning the ropes here, you know, even just as a writing candidate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I feel that, you know, doing this is, is going to be huge for the next time. I eventually run so that that that's that's sort of like my 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 train of thought on why you know why i entered this even with the long shot odds actually right, um right you know winning as a writing candidate and then also i i let me tell you like like if you're if you're listening here this goes for you patty or anyone listening like i i encourage you to you know, check out my rob bennett for new york state assembly writing page it's still still up on facebook and most of all mm -hmm. From this from this campaign, I had fun, and one of my points mm -hmm. was that I was not going to be your your regular stuck up politician. I wasn't going to, you know, be this dry, fake, you know, fake, yeah. fake, just peddling nonsense. Yeah. I, I made sure I had fun. So if you if you if you go back and check my videos, you know, to anyone's listening, you'll see that I'm almost spoofing 
politics. I'm sort of, I'm sort of deconstructing what politics really is. And, you know, like I, I like, like in, in my opening video, actually, I, I announced my campaign on the, on the 4th of July. And oh, cool. I start, I start my campaign. I'm wearing an American red, white, and blue tie dye t-shirt. Uh, I, I, I have, I, mm-hmm. at this point, my hair is ridiculously long because I haven't had a haircut due to COVID. I, I, I grew up out. Oh, and yes. I said, part, part of my campaign is I'm going to, you know, expose the truth. I'm going to, you know, be this outside the box politician, but you're also going to see me sort of, you know, spoof politics and you're going to see me, you know, transforming myself into what a politician should look like, you know, and like, you know, how, how they, how they have to look a certain way and, and, and almost smell a certain way. And so part of my journey mm, yeah. through the videos is you'll see me like I get a haircut, I, I get cleaned up, I shave, I start wearing suits and ties. And so, this, oh, so, there you go. Yeah. so I made sure to have fun. And I think that's something that maybe, you know, the listener could, could take away that if they ever, <laughs> if they're feeling ambitious and they want to run for office one day, it doesn't have to be, something mm-hmm. that you're miserable yeah. doing like you could right. you could spend you know a hundred dollars like like i did in my entire campaign and you know, have a blast mm-hmm. and then actually get noticed so i want to mention that you know besides having fun doing this i actually believe it or not i got coverage in the local babylon town patch newspaper they, they interviewed me and you know that's that's sort of unbelievable on its own you know <laughs> right, someone that's, that's awesome. know, a non-politician politician is getting this coverage, and I'm and I'm in in the actual interview. I'm I'm talking about medical fascism. You know how like like I can't believe they picked it up, but they did. <laughs> and, then, and then, yes, exactly. Reading, and then, right? really, I'd say you know the highlight of of what I did running for office. What what I was most proud of doing was I I, I actually got invited to. Uh, do a Zoom town hall with the other with the other candidates, and that included the 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 person that was actually the the sitting assemblywoman. So I got to uh, have a town hall with with the other with the other assembly and state senate candidate, candidates, and I got to show myself um, to anyone that was actually listening listening that evening on the Zoom call. And I and I think I I, I would say I did well, and I provided concrete concrete policy solutions and. I feel good about running next time, and I, I I can tell you that if I run next time, I will be on that ballot. So I'm I'm glad I did run as a write-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is amazing. It is it is such an an inspiring story. I mean, I don't know about anyone else listening, um, but I was not into politics when I was young. I found it boring. And I, I guess I kind of didn't understand it. And I think I was a little intimidated by it. These people seem so smart and they seemed so like ivory tower ish. And, um, but I was kind of, you know, forced, pushed and shoved into the, into the movement, so to speak, um, kicking and screaming to a degree. But, but the, the fact that you did this with minimal dollars, and just rolling up your sleeves, right? And using good old fashioned hard work. And but it wasn't arduous for you, you know? Yeah, um, I, I, I 
I think that is so inspiring. <laughs> I had a blast doing it. Yeah, I mean, you had who? Yeah, who has who? Who would ever put politics and fun in the same sentence? I personally wouldn't. I you know. And you great. mentioned. I just want to mention um, what you just yeah. said was that you know, like you 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 know, when, when you're on the outside, you see you see politicians as like these these uh, ivory tower uh, smart people. But let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. Some, some yeah. smart politicians, but guess what? Like the majority of them are idiots. You or I or anyone listening, I, I, I let me guarantee you, you're, we're probably smarter than them because they're really not that smart. <laughs> they, could, they could put on a good show. They could wear a nice suit. Uh, they, yes. you know, they, they, they've been around the block a couple of times in Albany, but really, I yeah. tell you, a lot of them are just not that smart. So you're, we're probably smarter. <laughs> so if you're listening. I'm beginning to realize that, my friend. I, I, and it's. I was, I was thinking about it today, walking my dog. I was like, wow, if, if I'm the smartest, if I'm considered one of the smart ones, something's really wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, um, like, like but, people get but, intimidated. But if if you're listening, like, and you're you're thinking, like, wow, yeah, maybe maybe that's a great point. It it it's true. Like like, don't be intimidated by these politicians because they if if they meet someone that can that can outcross them a little bit they're mm -hmm. they're completely flabbergasted they they don't even know how to respond yeah that's actually a podcast i was thinking about having about how to talk to friends about um politics and so maybe um i could get some of your input or we can have you back and i love the fact that you majored in history sure. and that I think is so great because I think that is so lost on so many people, even including myself. I mean, when we were chatting the other day and um, I don't remember the specifics, so maybe we could chat briefly about it, but you were saying something about what's happening now is kind of like circa Germany of 1936. Mm -hmm. And, um, if if you're okay with it, I would love to just hear because you are a historian. I mean, that is an amazing um, advantage, I think, um, in politics and in um, because you know, history repeats itself. And um, if you had any thoughts on that that you wanted to share, I would love to to have you know the other the listeners be able to to um, glean some of your some yeah, of your thoughts. Yeah, sure. No, on you, that. You, 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 what you just said is exactly right. History does repeat itself and uh as as sort of the rest of that phrase goes and you know those, those uh mm -hmm. you know those who fail to learn are, are doomed to repeat it and um right, history right. goes history goes in cycles you know really it's, uh you know people mm -hmm. people people forget and you know then the same the same yeah. sort of cycle rears its ugly head and uh you know that's sort of the story of human history is that mm -hmm. you know these same universal themes and conflicts tend to uh pop up over and over and over again and you know just in a little bit a, a different way or a different region or maybe you know maybe yeah. it might have been religion at one point maybe you know you know it might have been um you know uh color at another point you know in this case you know the the central sure. central point here is is medical medical fascism so um, you know, in our in our current our, mm -hmm. in our current situation, but um, I couldn't help right, but right. you know, over the last couple of years, 
start to see some parallels with, you know, with what was going on in 1930s Nazi Germany. And, you know, I, I, I try and say this a little as delicately, delicately as I can, I, I know it's 100. percent You know, the Holocaust was the worst, worst event, worst, the worst evil that that humans can ever conceive of. You know, there's nothing that will probably ever mm-hmm. touch that. Ho- hopefully not. That's why we, that's why we do say never again yeah. because we we hope we hope that exactly. we can somehow stop you know such such evil from ever ever coming to to this earth anywhere ever, ever 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 again but with that being said you know i'm not you know i'm not certainly saying that where we are right now is is you know the holocaust but there are some frightening parallels with what's going on in our world right now with what was happening say in 1933 34 35 36 that's that's sort of you know the build-up that's that's the time period where where hitler and his men are building the infrastructure to make the holocaust possible so people always say like like how could the holocaust happen like like how how does how how can Mm -hmm. how can one possibly get to that and the answer is that it doesn't happen overnight it's a it's a gradual very gradual process where you don't even know what's happening like it's sort of like like yeah. you know the the frog yeah. in the water he, you know it's it's boiling and he, he, the frog the frog just saying oh yeah this is this is nice you know meanwhile you know the frog is boiling the frog is going to die he, but it's so good in that pot of water the frog doesn't know yeah. he's boiling but so that that's sort of where we are right now right, where right. you know like in Nazi Germany so we're saying you know the mid the mid 30s 33 34 35 36 uh gradually you start to see you start to see rights stripped away. You start to see censorship. You know, 1933, mm-hmm. you start to see book burnings. Uh, you start to see exclusion. Yeah. You start to see... Well, now, one of the tactics of the Nazis was that, you know, you talk about... They would talk about the, the, the Jews in a way that made them seem like lesser lesser than human. So, like, they would say they're, you know, they're filthy and they're... You know, and you know they're they're diseased, and and like like that was part of the tactic that you know eventually you know they had these grand designs of they they knew they were going to do the Holocaust, but they couldn't they couldn't say that right away. You know, they they couldn't say that. You know, they had they had to get people to very gradually you know start hating hating the Jews. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just flash forward to where we are right now. Right. So okay. So, you know, book right. burning. Okay, right. we see we see massive we see massive mm-hmm. censorship. We see we see entire social media pages and profiles and sites taken down and and just removed. You know, without without any good reason. Now we see what we see right. here is, um, you know, whether we're talking about you know so-called anti-maskers or so-called anti-vaxxers, is that mm-hmm. we're seeing that mm-hmm. we're seeing that. In the media and in our in our uh, our mostly our liberal liberal politicians are you're you're, you're seeing them call anti-maskers and so you know so-called anti-vaxxers you, you you could almost see them trying to equate equate them as as terrorists and they call them you know they call mm-hmm. anti-maskers anti-vaxxers dirty uh, you know we're we're dangerous uh, 
they're trying to create this this sort of mm-hmm. image that we're we're subhuman and you know you know they want to make it so the anti-maskers and the anti anti-vaxxers are your scapegoats so that was one of the big big uh, <laughs> big reasons wow. to yeah. get people to hate the jews in nazi germany was that they, they hitler created a scapegoat where you know all your problems all your economic problems mm-hmm. you know you you know, you can't, you, you're not doing well because, because of these Jews, you know, so you're these Jews and then, you know, flash forward back again today. So, you know, you can't have fun. You can't go to the ball game. You know, you can't go to Broadway because, mm-hmm. because people can't wear their mask, you know, like, mm-hmm. like you, you know, you can't. Yeah. And then of course, of course, that narrative is going to change in the next couple of months. Uh, you know, once, once this glorious vaccine comes out, it's going to change to, you know, instead of instead of you know the whole the mask thing will be forgotten about, guaranteed in four months. It, the narrative will change to, you know, these these anti-vaxxers. You know, they're your problem. You know, they're you know they're they're the ones that are making it so we can't have a society. They're ruining the economy. They're 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 dirty. They carry they carry disease. You know, mm-hmm. they're. they're and right. we're even, it's crazy as it is. If you look at Brooklyn, mm-hmm. you, Mayor, Mayor de Blasio mm-hmm. has basically started like a little war on the Jewish community. You wouldn't think it's yes. possible, but like the the Jews mm-hmm. are, are being targeted and persecuted once again. And you know, this, of course, this doesn't yeah. extend to just the Jewish. This, this is Amer- this is an American, this is a, this is a New York problem, but. But believe it or not, <laughs> here here we are. That the Jews are being the first ones, at least, to and that, and that, right. of course that's also how it started in Nazi Germany. The, mm-hmm. the Jews were the first ones, and then you know, of course that that eventually right. extended to you know to, to gypsies and Slavs and and gays and you know the, mm-hmm. to, to, to mm-hmm. of of the mm-hmm. government. You know, intellectuals that that didn't agree with Nazi Germany. You know, they they were you know they were corralled and and put into the same concentration camp. So, you know, it started with started with the Jews, but it, you know, it moved on to other groups. And then mm-hmm. here we are right now, you know, like like people yeah. like I don't want anyone to take this wrong way listening, but like Jewish people are maybe a little bit easier to escape people just just because now let me explain this. Just because like they're they sort of do their own thing. They dress differently, you know, they they do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And you know nature to, right, to sort of right. fear the the other you know someone that like a, a club a club that you're not a yes. part of so you know that's like the low-hanging yeah. fruit you know like like they're gonna uh, they're gonna mm-hmm. try and uh you know basically put blame on something that is, is easy for people to not identify with. so right here we are yeah. right now and I, I just kept noticing that the parallels oh, yeah. between wow. 1930s germany and right now are just astounding so what 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 people always say yeah. is that like 1937 38 was the point of no return so um if i were to sort of forecast where we are right now uh, we are in yeah. germany 1936 and I, think that wow. whatever happens in this year of, of 2021 will determine where our republic and perhaps where the world goes in 
yeah. where, where, where we go over the next several decades, if not, you know, how this dictates the rest of the century. So I think 21 is yeah. Germany, 19, 1936, 37, uh, you know, the, the point of the point of no return yes yeah getting close yeah with each day so and it's interesting you mentioned because um and and some people may or may not know this that are listening to the podcast but um before they took away in june of 2019 they took away the religious exemption if your child was in school and you had um, a religious exemption from vaccines because maybe you didn't like, maybe your child had a reaction and then you looked into it um, and you found that there were some items in the vaccines that went against your personal religious beliefs that um, you didn't feel comfortable. So you were able to opt out of them. A very small percentage of New York, state of New York school children, but they removed that. And the reason why was because they blamed it right, on exactly. the Hasidic community. So they had actually, you know, it's very interesting that interesting coincidence, who knows, um, leave it to people's opinions to decide. But this had, you know, there was a little incident that happened with the Jewish people mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. from, you know, from a couple of years ago now. Um, so here we are again. And it's interesting that it just so happens to be the Jewish and I think the Hasidic community specifically again. And I don't think um, I saw uh, an interview with a rabbi and um, it is not going Mm -hmm. unnoticed by them very much so. I mean, I don't know if the whole Jewish community, but this particular rabbi was was really specifically saying that him and other rabbis as well. so it's really, really, um, this is a really, really critical time. And thank you so much for that history lesson because I really did not know some of the things that you said and probably it was because I did not like social studies or maybe maybe even back then it was starting to be taken out of the curriculum, who knows? Um, but, you know, I don't know, I guess maybe in the whole scheme of a, a school year, they only have a certain amount of time to focus on certain things. And um, like I said, it wasn't my strong subject, so I may have not really paid attention as much as I would have liked to have now. Um, But that is great. And, um, you know, your story is, I think, very helpful for people to hear because maybe people are where you were a few years ago, that things are just not gelling. I mean, I have been at protests. I was at one of the protests in Albany, I think, over the summer. And there was a few hundred of us there, maybe huh. probably over 200 easy. And on the news, it was reported about <laughs> 30 people were there. And again, same thing. Um, I heard about a protest today, actually, just in Portchester. Um, and it was reported on the news that there were 50 people there. Now, I have a friend who has a close friend who was there and I said to her today please let me know how many people your friend says was there because I'd be very curious to see if it was 50 or if it was a lot more than 50 it could have been 50 because I think they just started organizing it last week which I don't think is a bad turnout 50 people but you know a lot of it were shop owners and people who were um because they they closed all the um they didn't just they didn't just make them close at 10 they they close all the salons all the gyms all the um 
nail places, I believe, and they feel very persecuted because right. people are just going to other towns now and it's threatening their business, you know. Um, so this was, this is great, great stuff. I love the history lesson because the younger generation needs to know this. Um, and um, it is at our own peril that we ignore this stuff. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I would love to know some, before we finish some action steps, but before we do finish, is there anything else, Rob, that you want to share that you want to, um, that you want to bring up, um, that, uh, yeah, we well, covered? maybe just one other, one other thing to mention that, I, that I'm a part of right now, um, mm-hmm. Uh, besides besides running for for assembly and and by the way i just want to mention that you know um that that removal of the religious exemption was was sort of a major catalyst too for why i want why i want to run um the assembly woman, uh, that i ran against her name kimberly jean pierre uh she was one of the assembly persons that 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 voted against the uh, religious exemption so um you know that was that was another motivation for me wanting to you know, mm-hmm. you know, take take uh, some of my steam mm-hmm. out out on her. So um, I did want to <laughs> I did want to mention that um, as as one of the reasons you you you, yeah. you you know jogged that up in my head as as you mentioned that removal of the religious yeah. exemption. Um, but yeah, besides that was oh yeah, absolutely a, oh, dark dark day, a very dark day. Um, but yeah, but besides that, what I've what I've been working on besides besides the whole assembly run is um, there is a group um, in New York State. Uh, it's, a, it's a real organization. Um, they're called Divide Divide New York State. And uh, if, if you're listening, I encourage you to check out their website, uh, Divide Divide New York State, uh, I believe, .org. Um, and their, their goal, this organization's goal is um, it's – while it's extremely hard to get upstate New York and Long Island uh, separate statehood, that would be very hard right now in the political climate that we're in. That, that would actually have to go through Congress. And, you know, there's probably no way that would actually pass right now um, for us to actually get statehood, you know, whether we're talking Long Island or upstate New York. So what this Divide New York State group uh, very cleverly did was they found a way legally uh, to – to find a way to split New York state into three different parts. So we got keep New York city as it is. So it's the five boroughs. And then you got upstate New York as a, as a second region, the, the running, the running name for that region is called uh, new Amsterdam. And then the third region, the running name for that is called Montauk. So that would be long islands, Nassau and Suffolk County plus Westchester County and Rockland County. as, the, as So those four counties were combined into the Montauk region. And how this works is that if, you know, we wouldn't have to go through Congress at all to get this done, by the way, this would not be federal. This would be a state, a state issue. And this would be voted on by the New York state assembly wow. and, and our New York state Senate. Uh, so the way this works is that if this were passed, you, you know, it's certainly uphill battle, but if it were passed, uh, these two regions would become three independent autonomous regions. So not technically, you know, statehood. So that 
thing, I'm not saying Long Island, Westchester, right. and Rockland would be its own state, but the perks would be almost like almost like statehood, where Cuomo or whoever the next um, you know progressive elitist uh, Democratic governor is would basically have little to no control over what goes on in Long Island and Westchester and Rockland or upstate New York, because he, he, under the, under the terms of this divide New York state bill, uh, he would just basically become a figurehead mm. and each region would have their own acting governor would have their own legislature. Each region would be able to come up with their own, their own tax laws. Each region uh, would be able to, you know, do what they want, want on guns. So, you know, say you're upstate New York and, you can't. You, you're just so sick of Cuomo and the Safe Act and the ridiculous restrictions that you know were were, were put on you know, the entire. You can make your you can make your own gun laws different from yeah. from the that of the five boroughs. Same goes for for vaccine laws and regulations. So you know they you know the, mm-hmm. the Montauk region wants to restore the religious exemption. Maybe even wants to bring a philosophical exemption. You know we could do that. And you know New York, right. New York City, the five boroughs, mm-hmm. they could do their own thing. You know they could do. They can make themselves a, uh, you know, a socialist paradise for all we care, you know. So, so that's that's the sure. that's that's yeah, that's the yeah. big organization. And I recently uh, took on in like an official capacity role, um, I'm volunteer, but it's it's an official capacity where I am the Long Island uh, area manager. Um, so before before that, I started running a Facebook group. Uh, it's just it's called the Movement for Long Island Statehood. So uh, with that particular group, it's the, the eventual eventual goal is statehood. But we sort of this group that I run, I'm, I'm the administrator of this Long, Long Island Statehood group. We sort of married ourselves into the Divide New York State uh, movement. So you know while we eventually do want the statehood, whether that be five or ten years from now, you know what we could do that's more politically practical and pragmatic right now is, is to explore this whole uh, divide New York state movement. And right now there is, there is an assembly bill and a, uh, a Senate, a Senate bill on divide New York state. Um, the, the actual bill numbers are going to be changing in just a couple of weeks. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother giving you the numbers that exist right now because they're, they're going to change in like three weeks, which we, we don't know what they're going to change to yet. Okay. Um, yeah, right. these are real bills that can be voted on in the next, in the next year or two. So, um, I want to, you know, tell, tell the listeners out there to, if they haven't heard about the divide New York state, check that out. And, um, and then check out, uh, moving for Long Island statehood, the actual group that I, that I run, um, based mm-hmm. on this, uh, eventual uh, statehood goal, goal of mine. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the other big thing that I'm working on that I just want to share. Yes, and that kind of um, that kind of ties into the action steps. So, um, some action steps they could go on check out the Divide New York State. They could go on the Facebook group. Is is it Movement from Long Island Statehood? Is that the name of the? Ah, uh, yes, group? that's correct. So, yes, yeah, as far as action steps, definitely perfect. Perfect segue. So, um, yeah. Uh, if you're curious, <laughs> if you've never heard about this this whole thing, definitely go go onto Facebook right now. Go to movement for long island statehood and uh my page should should pop up right away we got we got over three thousand members um so if it's a it's a growing it's a growing nice. group you know before the election we had 270 and that was for a year uh it's exploded in the last 
So yeah. I want to get that group. Oh yeah, it's totally unbelievable. Like like there was there was a couple of days there where I was accepting 500 people a day, and <laughs> or at least 500 people. Oh my god! And uh, so it's, act, exactly. So check out check out Movement from Long Island Statehood. Check out Divide New York State as you know some basic action steps to get acquainted with um you know what what that movement is, and you know that there is a hope of you know maybe you know all these people are, are leaving. They're going to North Carolina. They're moving out west. They're you know to New Hampshire, and yeah. you know, just going anywhere where the where the laws are a little yeah. friendlier. And you know, I said, you know, my you know, on my dad's side at least, I, I've had family here on Long Island. I could trace it back to uh, you know the Mariches area in the 1600s. So you know, why should I have there? Like, what? Why, wow. why should I leave the state yeah. where my family helped build? You know, mm-hmm. going back 300 yes. plus years. What? Why should I have to leave? What? Why am I fleeing? What? You know, what if I? Mm-hmm. go anywhere you know what right. if we could get rid of cuomo and get rid of the progressive elitist agenda without actually having to, to leave our houses mm-hmm. you know like let's let's separate let's 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 yeah. let's start our own state and just stay here so you know so that's mm-hmm. i say if you're interested check out those uh check mm-hmm. out check out move along on statehood and then i'll be giving updates on the actual page about you know, when when uh, i want everyone to start start reaching out to assembly people and, and state senators, you know, so I, I will, I will actually be promoting a, uh, a blitz, so to speak of, of, uh, of, of a full week when yeah. I just want all, I know, I know all 3000 people aren't probably going to listen, but you know, if you just get a fraction of that mm-hmm. amount of people in the group to just start, you know, blitzing their blitzing these politicians, exactly. you know, they will find out about us and, you know, we will get on their radar um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's first action steps. Uh, second, um, if, you know, if, if you're sort of just getting into this, this might not necessarily have to apply to you yet, but maybe if you're a little more involved and you've been down the rabbit hole and you're feeling a little motivated, I, I, I encourage anyone that's interested to, to run for office, um, you know, start thinking about it now. Um, and I'm I'm available for free advice. I can certainly, I can certainly, uh, you know, if anyone has some basic questions, I would I'd be more than happy to, you know, tell you what it's like to to run for office. You know, some of the basic steps you have to take. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'd even be willing to to take on a more official role of someone's campaign. Of course, you know, you know, maybe, maybe in, a, in a more more of a paid position. But I, of course, you know, that's that's a bridge. You know, I, I would eventually. But I'm more than willing to give yeah. uh, an right. ample amount of free advice, uh, you know, if if anyone's interested. And um, so that's that's for people that you know. Right. Are um, mm-hmm. you know yeah. so if you're just sort of new to this, don't worry about that just yet. Um, the third action step I want to mention, and this 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 is really just developed in the last couple of hours. Um, um, over overnight, I actually just just found out about. Um, there's a new, there's a, so for your New York listeners, um, this, this would apply to uh, New York City. There's, there's a brand new assembly bill that has been introduced. It's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's called bill a one, one seven, nine. That's an assembly bill for the a, um, this bill, um, if you yes. get to read it is horrific. Basically it's, this is the bill. This is the bill that will make sure that everyone in New York state is vaccinated by force. And, um, you know, this is the real deal. This isn't conspiracy theory. 
Um, you know, this this is the reckoning here. Um, so, uh, as an action step, mm. I think that you know, December, January, we need to all as priority number one, even even more more so than moving from Long Island statehood or anything anything else. You're in New York. We need to yeah. attack this bill like your life depends on it, and we need to. Not only call an email, we need we need to be showing up at these politicians at, at their offices and and having pickets and and signs and anyone that dare mm-hmm. dare entertain the thought of of approving this. We need to we need to be a thorn in their side, like mm-hmm. like there's no tomorrow. So look up that bill if you don't believe me. Read the mm-hmm. text. You can easily Google it. it it's New York State yeah. Assembly Bill A one one seven nine. Check it out. That's that's going to be the biggest thing we need to do over the next couple of months. You know, more probably more important than anything, more important than election fraud or anything else. Yeah, got that bill if you're in, if you're in New York. Mm-hmm. And then the final action yeah. step I want to mention is again I'm going to bring it back full circle from you know our first five minutes speaking is um, if you haven't read George Orwell's 1984, uh, I would strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you to 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 read it you know this week or this month um it's not a huge read it's a couple hundred pages but it's something you can read in a couple of days or a week and um if you want to know really the reason why things are the way they are right now uh i would i would call orwell's 1984 almost the manual for why it's happening you know why why everything is bizarre world why why is everything opposite why is What's what you say is up? Why do they say down? If you say it's blue, why do they say it's green? If you say, you know, there was 400 people in an event, why do they say it's 30? You know, George Orwell's 1984 will put it all into perspective, and you'll almost be able to predict what's going to happen next just by becoming very familiar with Orwell's 1984. It's it's a book I've probably read five mm-hmm. times now, and. Each, each, I try and re, I try and reread it every every couple of years, and it just it becomes realer and realer and realer every time I read it. And it, like it, it was a bad feeling. It's it's not it's not a happy book. It's definitely not probably one of the most depressing books you'll ever yeah. read in your life. But if you want to understand why things are the way they are right now, right. you must as an as a as an action step, you must read George Orwell's 1984. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I mean, I'm glad you've mentioned the bill because I was going to make sure I mentioned it too. Um, This is what I'm reading. Um, It just says New York Assemblywoman Linda Rosenthal, Democrat, Upper West Side, introduced Assembly Bill A11179 that would allow public health officials to decide if all New York residents should be forced to get COVID-19 vaccines if passed, this bill would also create the first universal ma- vaccine mandate for the entire population of a state. The public health officials could make this decision if following the launch of Governor Andrew Cuomo's COVID-19 vaccine distribution program that the residents of the state are not developing sufficient immunity from COVID-19, which is hilarious because the vaccine does not mm-hmm. prevent you from getting COVID-19. Uh, but, but what is sufficient immunity? Who are these public health officials to make this decision? So go to nyassembly.gov um, right. and find your assembly person. Look up that bill, like Rob said. And 
I mean, you, you couldn't have said it any more perfectly. This is not a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. This is real life. This is happening as we speak. Um, and it's not a rehearsal. And um, now is the time. I mean, this podcast is what can you, you know, what are you going to do? And by not doing this, we're, we're going to suffer immensely. Um, and this, this specific vaccine is riddled. We can talk about this on other past podcasts, riddled with problems. Um, they've never been able to develop a vaccine like this, even though they've been trying over 50 years. Um, and it has potentially much more um, severe problems than even the virus. As we all know, well over 90, the, the highest, the most a vulnerable group still is 94% uh, recovery. That's the highest with people with morbidities, including that. So um, please, guys, please, I'm begging you, and please tell others. Um, one other action step I'll mention, um, there are many people on Facebook you could follow. I'll just mention Rita Palma because she is great at getting this stuff out, and they all are, but um, go follow her. And um, Amen to that. Rita Palma is a superhero. She is. She is. So, Rob, listen, thank you so much. This was super informative. Um, and I really think that um, it was such a perfect um, a perfect thing to be hearing tonight, especially with this bill um, coming on the table. And uh, hopefully and um, prayerfully, people will hear this and they will um, they'll they'll take action. Mm -hmm. We still outnumber them by a lot. And like you mentioned before, like, why should we have to leave? Right. Because it's going to come everywhere anyway. So it's not like running away is going to do anything. Right. It's better we stay here and fight. Um, and um, we can exactly. do a lot just from our living rooms. We really can. So um, thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing more about you and um, supporting you and getting the word out. And uh, have a wonderful evening and um, happy holidays or Merry Christmas or happy Hanukkah, whatever, whatever you celebrate. Hey, hey, we wish you, you so, the best, Thank you so much, thank Patty. You so it's, much. it's a pleasure to be uh, on the show. And I, I wish this show the, the greatest success. And I look forward to uh, sharing it and plugging it to everybody. And... Uh, and likewise, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to Thanks. you as well. And um, I look, yes. look forward to, to chatting again some point. Thank you. For sure. All right. Tell your friends. <laughs> you too. Take care. All right.